Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast, it's brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, thanks for joining the episode today. And I have here with me my friends, Philip and Eileen Bloom. Thank you guys for making time for our podcast listeners. Yeah, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Is <laughs> <laughs> I'm delayed in my uh, response. I'm just looking around us. We're actually recording in this beautiful uh, desert area. I'm not used to this. So I'm just going to be distracted. And then your beautiful face in front of us here as well. <laughs> Thanks it, for having us on. No, it's been really good. We've been talking about doing this for a little bit. We had the opportunity to connect, what was it, a couple of years ago at a yeah. conference? Yeah, I think it was WPPI or something like that. And I think the point of connection, at least initially, was over the topic of Japan, the right. country of Japan. Talk to me a little bit about your background and how you guys originally <laughs> met. Yeah, uh, so Philip and I actually met in Japan, even though our families live an hour away from each other in Georgia. So I was working there, and Philip came on a short-term trip, and okay. so we connected that way. And that was how many years ago? That was now 10 years ago. Yeah, we're coming up on our 10th wedding anniversary in January. Mm-hmm. So, Congratulations, yeah, that's cool. Do you guys times. have big plans? Like you're going to go on a big trip somewhere? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> We've talked about that so many times, and you know, life life kind of gets a hold of you, and the five-year anniversary thing didn't happen. So, um, so yeah, I think 10, 10 we better do something. Uh, the argument now is, do we do a tropical cruise? That's Eileen's preference. Or do we like go explore Alaska or something? That's oh, that's my thinking. Like so, opposite ends yeah. of the extreme, or right. the, the, the spectrum, or, too. Or New Zealand. He's been talking about bringing me to New Zealand. So Really? Yeah, I spent so, a lot of time there in, uh, during school years, during college years. So I really want Eileen to experience that. It's just another world. Uh, there's something about being able to take somebody to a place that you've been. Um, and being able to share that with them and then see their excitement and response to it, kind of that kid-like response yeah, to definitely. it that's so fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to, speaking of Japan, I'm looking forward to taking my kids to Japan where I grew up. I haven't had the opportunity to do that yet. And um, I'm, I'm hoping maybe even this, this next year if, if it works out. But um, to be able to take them to where I grew up and show them the houses that I lived in mm-hmm. and, and the neighborhoods that I played in, maybe the school that I went and played soccer at, so there's something about being able to share something new with somebody else that's that's pretty beautiful. Yeah, I agree. And Japan is such an, another world too. I mean, did, did you have like a tatami mat room in your home Absol- and everything? Actually, the first house that. that we lived in, I think most of the most of the rooms had tatami mats in them. So for those of you who are, haven't been to Japan or don't know what a tatami mat is, it's basically a grass, a woven grass mat. Mm-hmm. And it's it's actually, it feels so good to step on too. It, and of course, a lot of the time in a Japanese house, you're barefoot. So you're feeling that bare skin on this smooth tatami mat surface and it's really, really wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's really fragile. Like the doors have the sort of the paper... The paper coverings, tra- yeah. Transparent uh, kind of coverings. For me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Shoji, Shoji and uh, mm-hmm. what's the other one? Fusuma, I think, are the two. So the Fusuma are the, the doors that, that cover the closets. Mm-hmm. And then the Shoji are the sliding doors that will separate a room from a hallway, for example. And it's literally... I mean, it's thinner than the paper that we would write on. Mm-hmm. That then. And, of course, when you have kids in the house playing around, <laughs> constantly running into it, you're poking holes in it all the time. You have to have this, like, repair kit handy nearby. So this, So this, Yeah, absolutely. So, but that was that was a point of connection for us was Japan. We, we got in that conversation, and it was fun to hear how you guys connected mm-hmm. 10 years ago. 
And so you've been in photography now for how many years? Has it been that Almost same that. Right extent yeah. of time? Okay. Nine years. So, so soon after we got married. Something that, that we do on the Boca podcast is just to kind of start off with what I call the aha moment. Um, this is this is so it, largely so that photographers who maybe they only listen in for like five minutes um, that they still walk away with something of value. I, I want to give them something they can they can take away from it. Mm-hmm. So I'd love for you to share an experience, or maybe a series of experiences that you had in your business at some point in time that uh, was kind of a turning point for the business, a realization that made a big difference in your business. Oh yeah, we I mean we actually ha- we had a very clear turning point in our business, which was after the first uh, couple of years. We we took off really quickly, so we we kind of were experiencing the dream in a sense. Everyone wants to know how do we go full time. A lot of the students we talk to are looking for that golden ticket to okay. to achieve that. And uh, we went full time very quickly. We a few months um, after we kind of accidentally started our business, we basically had a friend who knew that I had an interest in photography yep. and asked, "Will you will you show me some portfolio or something so yep. that I can consider you as as a cheap option for my wedding?" <laughs> and uh, so I asked Eileen, "Can you put up some of my pictures on uh, maybe email them to That's her?" That's really interesting. And I, yeah. Eileen is the classic overachiever, so having not even not even no coding or anything, she coded our first Did you basic really? website. Well, kind of. I mean, I used Dreamweaver, it, right? so I still kind of built it visually, but I, sometimes I had to add in code here and there. <laughs> and so it was just a little portfolio really meant for one person to view. And all of a sudden we started getting phone calls. And so, you know, 10 years ago, if you had a decent looking website, that was a huge advantage. Not right. not everyone in business was even on That's web. true. Yeah, it was the so, yellow pages back then. Right, exactly. <laughs> and we so we were kind of not knowing it on the cutting edge, I guess. And people started to call. We got busy. Eileen left her job at Starbucks. I left mine uh, teaching high school. And What um, subject did you teach? I taught 11th and 12th grade English. So it was Brit and American Lit. Wow. Uh, which was a lot of fun. I loved that. I loved the... The teaching element, which is why I'm so stoked that we got to sort of come back into the education world yep. after a few years yep. in the photo industry. But really, what we didn't know those first couple years <laughs> trying to build a business was how to really measure our income and our costs. And mm-hmm. we didn't do a great job uh, really expo- ex- exploring our market that we lived in before we started. We just were flying by the seat of our pants. So we didn't know that our market happened to be the highest poverty rate in the United States of America. Wow. For So a lot of people complain about their markets. We really had a bad market. <laughs> <laughs> but our, so our turning point was at a point we realized this business is probably not going to survive. We're not paying our bills and we don't see how we can make this big of a change all of a sudden. Yeah. And we had been through some hard times uh, that year, just stressed out, working too much, and decided we need to t- take a step back and rather than just work ourselves to death, do something that's important. So we, we dug into a, what savings we had left, and we decided to take that and go help a little organization that we had heard about in Guatemala. And we had just, we had never done video before, and we were asked to do a short three to four minute promo video in Guatemala. And so it was this organization that was relatively unknown, but it was doing amazing things, rescuing boys from gangs. And it was in the most dangerous slums of Guatemala. So they were rescuing these boys and giving them a new life. And basically our equipment arrived in the mail, like, Three days, was it? Yeah, it was three days before we before left. <laughs> so we were, I never read instruction manuals, but I was plowing through these things like, how does this stuff work? Audio, what? And um, and we got down there with the, we thought we'd get lucky if we made a four minute promo video to help them out. And the, the story was so compelling 
and we just for a week just recorded like crazy and, and saw so many amazing things it was basically it became a feature link documentary film really we learned how to not edit. bad for a first when, time no it was cinematographer great. and that's what I, I love telling people is like video is becoming more important I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not our main focus we focus on still photography but it's becoming more important in our industry and it's so much more accessible i think to photographers than you yeah. might think yeah so we got to actually tour around the U.S. a little bit. That film showed in 30 states at universities and different places. That, for us personally, was a huge boost of confidence and encouragement that we needed to realize it's not all about taking the perfect photo or having the best technique. Up to that point, we thought we have to be the best photographer in the world, and then people will hire us. After that, we realized you connect with people through stories. Hmm. Um, and so we applied that to our business as well. Okay. And we, we restructured everything. We also went that, at that same time from doing just shoot and burn, you know, as, as every upstart kind of tends to start that sure, way. Sure, Which is fine and a good place to start. But we started offering products offering wedding albums and, and strategically pricing and packaging those. And to, to a point that that year we cut in half the number of weddings that we were shooting, uh, largely because a lot of the leads that came our way said, oh, you know, this isn't included anymore or, oh, you cost that uh, much now? Right. Definitely lost so. <laughs> some of those. Well, when you get this, and this is actually a really interesting point because when you get those referrals from um, – past clients who are no longer in that income bracket that you were serving, it makes it a little bit complicated to get the referrals. And something I always talk about is the significance, maybe you experience this, but the significance of developing relationships with wedding coordinators, for example, who mm-hmm. can send business your way as you continue to work your way up the price ladder. Right. Yeah. And we should have done that. Right. <laughs> uh, we, we, um, we have some uh, great tactics we use now to um, offer value to vendors and planners and um, we have to do that without some of the cost investment, uh, time investment that I know some photographers sure. place because we have a, a growing family and, and a lot of personal projects there take our time. Um, but I, at the time, what we actually did, which blows people away, is we decided we're instead of trying to, even though we're creatives, we're not going to try to reinvent the wheel here. We're not going to try to figure out a new way to run a photography business sure, or any sure. business. We went back to Eileen's business experience. She had a business degree. We, we should have thought of that when we started. <laughs> and we started just putting in like old school, smart business strategies. Okay. And they worked. I guess they've been working for centuries. We should have known. But <laughs> Isn't it funny how we try to kind of reinvent the wheel sometimes? Absolutely. And there's just this really tried and true principles that we can apply yeah. to our business. Yeah. So before, I mean, the fact that a lot of those wedding leads that came to us from past clients weren't booking anymore. That was actually a good thing because we were making twice our previous income wow. and working half as much. Um, and so that was a big change for us. And we were able to experiment with the, that new structure by just doing some unique, strangely structured mini sessions. Very different than what most people think of when they think of your typical you know, uh, kind of waste of time mini sessions that don't make a lot of money. Sure. Um, and we, we experimented on those. And those have become a, a mainstay of our studio as well that we basically we make more per hour shooting mini sessions than we do our high-end weddings really so, so how many weddings do you do a year now so about 12 to 15 okay and then how many of the mini sessions and then we'll just we'll typically do one mini sessions or two mini sessions events per year ah, and okay. so that'll be so essentially like, one weekend like a friday saturday yeah. we'll fill up those days with about maybe 10 mini sessions or okay so, yeah. okay 10 so, families. so that's 10 or 20 families per year but then we we do a lot of interesting things behind the scenes where we're not actually advertising mini sessions but we're actually shooting them all year round and every one of those mini sessions is just extremely profitable i mean making three 
three digit sales from 20 minutes of shooting has just be- become a huge boon for our studio <laughs> as it should <laughs> that's not a, i mean to, to hear you don't hear those kinds of sentences coming out of photographers mouths very often that's that's a pretty good deal but I, you made a number of points here and i want to kind of jump back to a couple of them one and, and you just made this in passing but i think this is really important to reiterate is the significance of, of tracking the numbers to begin with. Absolutely. And I, I think there's something to be said for diving in and just going for it, you know, kind of building your wings on the way down. But the one thing that I would never uh, discourage a photographer from doing is, is at least set up a QuickBooks online account and start tracking the numbers from the get-go because that just will cause a nightmare of issues on multiple levels down the road if, if you don't. And I, I learned the hard way personally as a photographer. Um, I just didn't pay. And I didn't know better. I didn't have the business degree. But it's really, really important to, to know those numbers, not just for the sake of being able to easily do taxes at the end of the year or quarterly or, or otherwise, right. but also to be able to look at those numbers and make intelligent business decisions based on those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a really important point. I just I knew you just barely touched on it, but it was it was good to bring up. Yeah, and just to piggyback on that, one of the things that we often encourage photographers to do is start with some sort of whether it's it doesn't have to be the most robust system but some sort of studio management system yeah. earlier on mm-hmm. early on yeah because um, you're gonna if you want to grow your business you're gonna get to a point where you need that and it automates so much for you the automation is huge um, is there a particular system yeah. that you guys use we're we've gone through many and we're currently really happy with 17 hats which okay is what cool we're using now. Yeah. that's awesome and then the other thing you mentioned too was then and this was kind of the turning point for you that the aha moments was the realizing the importance of telling a story which is interesting because it, it doesn't just apply simply to the photographic side of things or to the videography, but even to the marketing efforts as well. Right. And it's something that we're going to actually get into here in just a little bit, which is creating a, a website that effectively communicates your brand, your brand position, and, and ultimately tells your story. So that's, that's a really important thing because at the end of the day, as much as we want to talk about the art of photography, the story is what's really going to sell you. And that's really, really important, especially when it comes anyway to, to wedding and portrait photography. Yeah, your your own personal story. I mean, you really, it's, it may be even cliche at this point to say it, but you are your brand. Right. Um, and you know, anyone can say we're gonna we're gonna tell your story. Yeah, that's what photography and videography is kind of about. That's a given. But being able to turn that camera around on yourself, and we weren't comfortable with that at first. Interesting. But, but make yourself com- comfortable with that. People want to connect with human beings. Even yeah. You know, with all the social media and all the online now, you think, oh, people don't need that anymore. As that has become more prevalent, people need it more. Yes. So it really, really works. That's so true. I've been reminded of that, particularly in the last couple of weeks, even Um, the significance of of connecting on a not just not just surface level connections. I I crave those deep conversations. Selfishly, it's part of why I do the book of podcasts, just because (laughs) it gives me an opportunity to sit down and have conversations with people. But it's really so important. But you're not going to be able to get there unless you're willing to tell at least some of your story. That, and that requires a bit of vulnerability, um, which you so beautifully exhibited earlier on stage. You, you were, were here actually at the United Conference in Phoenix, and uh, you had the opportunity to speak uh, what, and do what, what do they call a five-minute fuel? Yeah, yeah it's kind of um, our, probably our greatest honor ever as speakers was being able to give a TED Talk, which is like I'm, we're obsessed with them. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, but it's sort of a small version of that here at United, five minutes, and in that short time, try to 
just spill, spill your guts as much as you <laughs> as you can and, and inspire somebody. And that's the idea behind it. Yeah. Well, you did a beautiful job of combining both the vulnerability with very practical information and, and even very well-designed slides. It, it's amazing sometimes <laughs> you go to you go to photography conferences and you see slides pop up and they've got like 50 points listed and you're trying to sort through it all and then they're jumping to the next one. And But it, very, very well done just all around. Thanks. Yeah, you, sh- you should know the truth behind this. We put those slides together minutes before I ran out there. Because even more impressive. Even more. <laughs> but that keeps you, sometimes that keeps you from doing 50 points. Fair enough. Exactly. And sometimes uh, that's something that I've, I do a lot is I'll, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll sometimes schedule something that I know I can't quite meet the deadline to, as a perfectionist, I would go way too far on every project <laughs> I get if it. I didn't sometimes do that. I totally get it. Well, th- this is a great way to start us off. Um, and, and speaking of personal stories, share a little bit about your family because I know your kids are traveling with you, aren't they? Yeah, all three of our kids, their ages are seven, four, and four. The the <laughs> little two are not twins. They're 10 months apart. But yeah, we um, decided to bring them along with us and also get you to have visit to, family. You have to clarify here. that because it sounds like we're getting frisky in the oh. hospital. Like <laughs> After you have one baby, the say. next was on the way. I should say we adopted our third child <laughs> to be clear. from China. So that was a, a year and a half ago. Oh, that's now. awesome. Uh, we got to travel to China to pick him up. That's wonderful. <laughs> but but the fact that you guys are traveling with him at such a young age, I think is really, really awesome because it, well, for multiple reasons, but I just think about my two kids. And one of the things that, that my ex and I did very proactively in raising them was to make sure that we, that we still lived life mm-hmm. and that, that, their existence didn't get in the way of that. And it sounds selfish, but I think ultimately what it meant, what it translated to was that they became very, very flexible. They were willing to just go with the flow. They were used to being around all kinds of different people. Mm -hmm. Austin was at, at his grandmother's house at six weeks old and we were taking a quick weekend getaway. So that kind of, and that's kind of the extreme end of things, but um, we were just very proactive in, in living life and letting mm-hmm. them come along for the exactly. ride. Exactly, and that's also why we decided to homeschool this year. Yeah. Kind of the main reason was flexibility and being able, being able to travel more as a family and bring them along for those experiences. That's, that's awesome. I think it's a wonderful example, too. So, but what is, their, what is their experience, or what's it like to have them along on trips like this? And are they interacting? Like, are they actually going to the conferences with you guys? What, what does that look like? This, well, we'll bring them around to kind of meet people. They're not running around here right now, or else they'd probably, they'd probably be joining the conversation, right? <laughs> but actually, you know, it, this is kind of has just worked out beautifully, this particular conference being in Phoenix. Um, because Eileen has an aunt and uncle here who we rarely get to see. And so, but it's something that every year we kind of do very um, intentionally, which is to build our travel schedule. We'll kind of build a dream schedule. You know, we'll go on um, Hopper and kind of just click for all the amazing places we would ideally like to go. Yeah, oh, we yeah. know someone here. Yeah. Let's just let's just say we're going there. It might not happen this year, but let's just dream a little. And we'll, we'll put all these sort of plans on the calendar. Oh, this week's available. Let's just say for now that we're going to this, you know, we're going to California to visit friends or we're going to Spain to see my sister. And as if Hopper kind of comes up with good ticket prices around the same time yeah. for a family of five, then some of those things, not all of them, but some of those trips become possible. That's awesome. And then we'll marry it with work. Like, uh, and we're able to shoot fashion for celebrity designer Alita Herbst in Spain and London this year. Just because we had connected with her through a wedding we shot in London. Really? Okay. And then when, when Hopper had a good deal and my sister lives in Europe, we decided we're going to just combine all these things and roll them into one. And so it's homeschool allows us to do that as well. So it's been great. That's really, really cool. I, and there's something about, I mean, I, I look back at my childhood and I had the opportunity to travel a lot growing up. Literally, I, I've, I've only 
There's only one state I haven't been to. Alaska, actually. I haven't been oh. to Alaska yet. My kids and I are talking about going to Alaska. You're not missing Alaska. a lot. I, I have been there. But. <laughs> okay. But but we traveled so much, we got to see all these sites growing up. And it's one of my favorite memories as, as a child is getting to travel. And I'm doing that very proactively with my kids now, too. Instead of Christmas gifts every year, a bunch of, giving them a bunch of gifts, mm-hmm. um, I give them a big trip. So we did, uh, last year we did Hawaii. Um, this year we did Yellowstone. was really fun. Next year we're talking about, I mean, I'm thinking about Japan or maybe Europe somewhere. But getting to take them and experience those places yeah. with them, have those adventures and create those memories together, I think is just a beautiful thing. That's awesome you guys and, are doing that. And it's funny that how life goals, life priorities like that really feed into business principles oh, as well. Totally. Because uh, and I was joking about Alaska, if any Alaskans are listening out there. I love <laughs> That's why I want to go for an Alaskan cruise. I love it. But actually, so what you're talking about, and, and we're right on the same page with you, is that the most valuable thing in our life is experiences. And it's Absolutely. amazing what business research shows, how, how that can apply to your marketing now. There's actually two big markets. They're almost, almost half of the consumer market represents what they call traditionalists. Hmm. And half of the consumer market... Actually, about 48% okay. uh, represents what they call neos. And this was a, a long study done over a period of decades in all English-speaking countries. And what they found is that you have your tradi- traditionalists who are always looking for the best value. They're the Walmart shoppers of the world. Sure. And a lot of photographers are just targeting that. They're trying to uh, lower my prices, make my make my services look like more of a deal. How, how do I compete with these people who are charging so little? And hmm. we're always complaining about the market being undercut by newbies and right. none of these problems really exist if you will just instead of focusing on the left you know this side of the market this the traditionalist focus on the neos because neos are people like us a lot of um it's fun funny to say aging millennials <laughs> i just escaped the millennial by one year um but it's these people who value experiences so much that even in the worst um in the the worst kind of lulls in the economy still Apple's raging with success because yeah. people are buying these items for the experience. Right. And, and, and what we find is that group of the market is actually growing, continuing to grow, um, while the traditionalists are shrinking. And so people huh. are happy to be minimalist. They don't have to have a lot of things, but they're happy to spend a lot on the things that they do want. And it tends That's to be like photography and life experience things that if you offer that experience to your clients, um, then you actually will find more and more clients who do value you for what you're worth. Wow, that's really fascinating. I'll have to look up that. Yeah, you should Google that. that I think research. it's neo versus traditional or something okay, like that. Okay, okay, absolutely. That, well, but I think this is a great segue, too, into what I kind of wanted to focus on today, which was the topic of, of creating a website, or more specifically creating an effective website. You guys literally just launched your, your latest website, correct? Yes. yes. After, <laughs> after how long? Uh, after about seven years or okay. so. <laughs> it was an old site we were really, really embarrassed about. So we, it was time. <laughs> so you just launched that. But when we're talking about the idea of creating an effective client experience, the website is such a significant part of that. I mean, it's a given that, that clients are going to find us in many cases online. But we are engaging with our clients on a much more personal level right now as well. So the type of website that we're creating is also a bit different, but I'd I'd love for you to kind of take us through the process. First of all, the realization of the changes that you needed to make in your, from your existing website. um, And then how that then 
transition what that transition looked like as you moved into the new website yeah yeah we'll try to do this without a visual cue i'll paint the picture absolutely here be a wordsmith Um, english teacher (laughs) but i mean over nearly a decade of of doing this business and learning how important telling stories was to to connect with our clients and um and to help educate them and guide them through a process help them to value physical artwork which accounts for most of our profits in our business um all of these things exist in our business and we're doing them really well okay but we weren't doing them on our website and it's just just like everybody we just never could get around to it we knew we needed um to improve that but you know in the in the past everyone always talked about your website as being your storefront online think of it as your storefront sure and that's true it kind of represented you online and and back then you know, the, the fewer websites there were, the less variety there were in websites. You could really think of your website as that storefront where people will just come by like window shoppers. They'll see your website and they'll see what you offer. And if they like it, then maybe they'll come in and buy something. But that's not enough anymore online just because... Well, it wasn't um, even very long ago that a website was a novelty, right? Right, exactly. So we went Things from novelty to then, like you are talking about this this kind of storefront experience. Right. So if, if our website can give our clients the same experience that we give them when we actually invite them into the studio, hmm. um, then how, how much more powerful our reach, how much easier it will be to book. Um, so now instead of thinking of our website as a storefront or window shopping where we sort of show what we offer, uh, we want it to be more of experience. So think of your website now as an in-store experience. If someone walks into your brick-and-mortar store that you own, um, which just happened to me all the time when I worked for my family business during the summer. Yep. It's high yep. school and then teaching and then in the summer I'm working for the pool and spa business and someone walks into the pool store and I don't just sort of like look at them and just sort of hope that they'll go away you know (laughs) these darn customers are such a pain no I'm over there ready to serve and I'm shaking their hand I'm introducing I'm asking who they are where do they live before I even try to sell a product Um, and rather than trying to sell a product I'm telling them about the products. I'm educating them. I'm offering them as much value as Interesting. I can. It, it brings to mind that that experience that you have in an Apple store, for example. You know, right. it, which is it's a uniquely um, well, it's just a unique experience. You don't go at most stores. You don't get that type of engagement and interaction. You're not looking at a beautiful scene. Um, they know what they're doing. They they really do. They've created, but it's it all centers around that experience that you're talking about. Exactly. And so on our websites of old. Um, you would have had, you know, our about section was kind of like the last click on the big menu full of <laughs> as many. Uh, and I totally wanted to get into this because the about sections still actually many of the about sections that you still see in photographers websites are, are kind of funny. And then and then sometimes just kind of overwhelming in, in some ways, too, because there's just it's paragraphs and paragraphs about about them, which ended up the idea of talking about yourself isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I think a lot of it has to do with the way that you're communicating it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, we know that when you talk about yourself, this is how to win friends and influence people, right? Dale right. Carnegie, um, again, business genius, century old that still applies forever. Um, but talking about yourself is, it's kind of almost comes across as desperate, like, Oh, book me. I, I promise I can do this. I've done, I've accomplished that. These are my awards. Yeah. What people, what makes them feel valued and want to be around you for the long haul and therefore book you um, is, is when you talk about them, you ask mm. questions about them, and, and you, you show a genuine interest. Yep. But yes, you have to introduce yourself. You have to, give, you have to offer some credibility. So for what that means now is instead of a, a about page kind of hidden somewhere back on the website that, of course, you have to fill it with enough information to, to be in a page of its own, um, now the first thing that you're going to see when you go to the blooms.co is introducing you to us. We're no longer bloom photography, which sounded like, Oh, it could be a business that who knows is owned by 
some company and there's a lot of photographers yeah. involved. Yeah. Now we're making it very personal. Okay. Letting them know that it's us, uh, not just a photography studio and, and our faces on there, uh, a very short snippet of a bio, just like that shaking of a hand if they were to walk in the store. Okay. Um, and so, and then from there, it's just a really, this is our, this is a show at site, obviously. So it's just a really nice scroll, um, scrolling what we would call like a long format sales page almost that without even having to click or, uh, you can just keep scrolling and it kind of keeps you engaged. So you see one important piece of information after the other, um, offering, offering value, offering service to the client. Yeah. I'm actually pulling the, the site up as we speak now. Cause I, <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted to comment on it a little bit, but you're right. There is literally, I mean, it's, it's the shortest of short snippets. Mm-hmm. They don't have to sit there and read for 10 minutes about all your wonderful accolades and the experience that you have as a photographer. Right. It's just a quick introduction. I love that. And, and the imagery is really simple too. You've got kind of scrolling imagery on the top, just simple examples of your work as well. Yeah. Um, Our homepage used to be how many? I think we had about 33 images just cycling through. It was, it was too many for the for the opening banner at the top. Well, because we, we really do always have to keep in mind the fact that attention spans are short, mm-hmm. right? And so, so now it's just five or six images scrolling through, just kind of posting your best work onto the site. Well, and then the next thing that I'm noticing too, and this is something you spoke to earlier, Philip, but um, it's this idea of, of guiding your client through the website. Um, and and I'm, I'm looking at, at what's traditionally called CTAs, calls to action, right? Uh, as I'm scrolling down through here, there are a number of buttons. Are you a bride? Start here. Photographers, start here. Um, and then a, a, that short section, meet the blooms, and then, um, and then featured weddings, wedding favorites, and so forth. The, the categories are really, really simple. But I love those very simple calls to action. And if somebody's like, hey, well, yeah, that's me. I, I, I want to click here. It makes it that much more engaging. Yeah, and that's tricky when you're like us. We're full-time active photographers. We have this client base, which are our subjects yeah. in, for weddings and portraits. And then we have um, what we really are passionate about as well, which is educating photographers and not just giving them tips and tricks for how to use their camera, but our desire has always been to, to teach photographers to create a well-oiled machine out of their business that they can then use their, these incredible visual arts talents that we have to do to do something greater to do some greater good with those talents whether it's you know using them like we've been able to to help organizations that desperately need it or just turn around on your community or shine a light wherever you can so to do any of that you can't be a starving artist right a starving artist can't feed the hungry right so if you want to do any of those things you have to succeed in business and so we wanted to have on our website a very um make sure that we could connect with photographers there but also not make it seem like an education site when, when our subjects arrive, like, oh, we're in the wrong place. So having those little calls to action right at the beginning and then being able to lead someone through a different experience. You yeah. know, if you're a bride and you click, then um, for the first time, our old website had nothing like this. But it's going to guide you through a number of the important elements that we would have taught you in the past. We could have only done it when you finally make your way into the studio. Sure. Uh, kind of lead you through what the experience is going to be like. It's that word lead though. I, I love that word because it really does kind of suggest this idea of kind of taking somebody's hand and, and walking them through the process. And that's what you do. I mean, so I click on that button, start here for the brides and it gets me to a page that is welcoming the bride 
And then literally step by step, there's seven steps that, that you're taking the bride through. And I guess you can actually click on those. Yeah, individual links. So it takes them to that section, just scrolls down the page. I mean, it's so simple, really, really clean. It gives, I, I know brides many times, or probably most times, want a lot of detailed information. And you're giving them that detailed information. But it's not overwhelming because it's broken up into those various sections. Yeah. And, I, and I, when you actually read that information, it's, it's just detailed enough to sort of whet your appetite. We still are going to invite them to connect with us personally. Once they do that, they're going to get a physical packet of information with us, some sort of wedding experience catalog. Um, so we're not, through our website, we never intend to take away the physical, the personal, in, in-person human aspect of our business. Um, but it's, it's just enough that as they start to get really comfortable with us and they read those little snippets of information, it's not just telling them, here's what we do, it's telling them why we do it. And so every one of those sections is really painting a picture of who we are without us, without sure. even being our about section, without having to say we've done this. Instead it says the reason that we do what we do is because we care about X. We, we care about couples. We care about their marriages because of this. This was our experience. So it's much more powerful than just a look at me kind of statement somewhere. If right. you feed it through in a way that you're, you're trying to bring value to them and serve them well. That's great. It, it does go to a certain depth. That's wonderful. But I still love, I, I know I keep going back to it, but the simple navigation is really, really wonderful. And that's not something that you see that um, certainly all photographers have actually taken the time to do, to, to consider what that navigation might look like to ultimately help the bride feel like she's being handheld through that process. Mm-hmm. I think that's really, really great. That's Eileen's doing. <laughs> we, we, we actually were so unsure of whether we could do this ourselves, but I Eileen know. has really jumped in there. Well, I, and, and it's not so ironic that, that you actually created the first website, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> but show it, that, that just the, the software, they make it so easy to use, actually. And that's how they advertise it, a, a drag-and-drop uh, website builder. So yeah, it absolutely. makes it super easy. Absolutely. Well, it, you talked about video earlier. Is video something that you've incorporated on, on the new website, or is that something you're going to incorporate? Right. So our it's funny because... Our about section on our old website really was so hidden. And we just embedded a few Vimeo YouTube videos that sure. we had. We never ed- edited a specific about us introduce- introduction to the Blooms video. But those few videos we put there apparently had such an impact. I mean, we should have known that they would because video was such a powerful medium. Sure. But a lot of the leads we would have would mention the videos, and that's where they connected really? to us okay. personally. And okay. we thought, Wow. The high percentage of people who are actually mentioning that who end up using the contact form, they must be only a small portion of the total number of people who are looking at our site and uh, going through our information yeah. to actually even find those. So we need to get those videos out front. Okay. And right now, if you go to our website today, because we just launched today, you won't see those yet, but working uh, working some of those videos so they'll be right there on the homepage, I think is so important, whether it's um, like show it allows your banner that we currently just have a slideshow of pictures yeah. in. You can put embed video yeah. into there and definitely just showing we have such great video now on our YouTube channel um, behind the scenes of us shooting fashion in Europe and all these things that could really add to credibility without having to say a word. You can communicate so much to a client in a matter of seconds, which is precious because you know you don't have them on your site for that long. So you can make a real impact through video that way. Well, I like the idea of putting a short Again, a short video there, not something that's going to take them five minutes to watch. Give them a 30-second clip or 60-second clip that this draws them in, kind of whets their appetite a little bit. Yeah. And then, like you said, you still have the opportunity then to set up the in-person consultation and get to connect with them on a very personal level. But these are these are really interesting and I think wonderful points for our listeners, too. If they're considering a revamp of their website 
First of all, if they don't have a good solution, show it's an incredible solution. Showit.co. Is, is that right? That's right. Okay. Yeah, Showit.co. Showit.co. Like so you guys. People took all these .com. Man, it's like Blooms.com was some out-of-date blog, and we can't even get a hold of those Blooms. Maybe oh, really? We're, maybe we're related. We have no <laughs> what idea. What are the chances? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the .co. But show it, show it .co. You guys check that out if you haven't seen uh, Show It software. Definitely incredible resource. And then when, when it comes to actually creating a new website, you talked about the idea, the importance of, of creating a website that's not just about window shopping anymore, but that's actually about an interactive personal experience. I think that's really wonderful and important to note. Um, certainly making a more personal about page that isn't so much about just listing all of your your accomplishments and, and your accolades, mm-hmm. but ultimately creating an opportunity to be able to connect with a client um, on, a, on a much more personal level. Right. Than- or I think as Seth Godin says, um, I'm sure others have said the same, uh, pe- people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So making sure that you incorporate that that and, and you a little have to bit of vulnerability yourself at first, which That's sometimes a great point. none of us have stepped back and considered that, but it's worthwhile. Such a great point, actually. Yeah, something we talk about all the, all the time on on the Boca Podcast is this idea of a big picture view, kind of our why. Um, Simon Sinek wrote a book called right. The Why. Yeah, um, and and it ultimately being clear about why you do what you do makes such a massive difference on multiple levels. It allows us to filter out all the noise and not not focus on the wrong things, but actually invest our time and energy into the things that actually. Um, meet those or match those those goals that we have, our why. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really, really important that, that we show a little bit of vulnerability and communicate that. Certainly that we're aware of it, but then we communicate it with our potential clients because it sets, sets us up to have a much deeper relationship with them, which is really Absolutely. great. Um, the significance, too, of, of easy navigation um, for a client, actually thinking about what it, what it means, what their experience might look like. Um, there's actually a really cool website, uh, VWO. If you guys Google, and I, I don't remember if it's VWO.com, but VWO is a really incredible website that, that um, assists entrepreneurs, business owners with their websites um, in analytics efforts. Hmm. One of the things that it does is it'll actually record their interaction with the website. So you can actually watch them engage with the website and see not only with heat maps, but actual video of the way that they're engaging with the website oh, wow. to see how they engage with it. And it's a really powerful tool for at least getting a feel for how your clients are engaging. And then you can create A-B split tests and enables you to be able to see, hey, if I tweak this, if I just adjust this text or I put this button in this different place, um, will they engage with it a little bit more actively or efficiently, um, it gives you that opportunity. So you guys make sure you check that out. I, I hate that I don't have the exact... Uh, that's almost creepy. That's, that's crazy how much data you can, you can have now. It is really, really powerful. Yeah, it, it, it is. You're right. It is a little bit on the weird side, but it is. It's vwo.com. Um, awesome. and they've got a, a number of tools built in that will enable you to be able to take a look at your website in, in a much more analytical way. And then the significance of video that you mentioned as well. I think that's great. Incorporating a video. And, and again, don't make it a five-minute you know, long-form documentary or, or, or movie. <laughs> Share a snippet, a 30-second, 60-second snippet. Let them get mm-hmm. to know you and then, and then set, set up that that in-person conversation. I think that's really great. These are good reminders for our listeners. And I'd love for you to share. We already mentioned your website. Um, are there from that website, then they can actually go to the resources for the photographers as well, correct? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny because we were early, earlier mentioning um, our mini sessions. Our, just currently, we just launched our course for maximizing mini sessions um, to teach how to do $10,000 in a weekend um, just through, through minis. And for us, the greatest thing about that is that our mini system isn't just kind of a, oh, you make some extra money, but then it, it undercuts your your high quality brand which is another big concern sure 
it's it's been a system that we've used to filter in clients to our full link sessions into our um, in, into being repeat clients for life and in, even into our weddings. So it's a uh, it's a uh, we're really excited to finally turn that into a course online. The first okay. time we've ever taught online because we've been teaching it so long at conferences like this around the country. Sure. sure. And so it's it's kind of fun to see that coming to life. But that is something that you can access through the website. Okay, perfect. Um, you can download a free ebook there. Depending on when you hear this, we've got uh, we've got a few because of the um, just demand on it. We're doing a few more webinars to teach that many sessions content for free. So you def- definitely look out for it. Okay, we'll make sure to tie into that and link to all of this in the show notes. The Blooms Co. That's it. Correct. Um, and you guys can link to the photographer section from there. And then what's the name of your TED Talk too, so they can search that on on YouTube. Yeah, so you can just, that's right, you can just go on YouTube and find it. Um, the name of the talk is, what did we so, title oh it? Oh, man, I don't know the title. Because they, I think they, re, I think they retitled it, but you can just search um, for the blooms, and I think it's Trading Selfies for Selflessness. Okay. I believe is the title of that one. Uh, or you can search through it through our website, probably, and find a link to We'll it. make sure that we find it, and we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Uh, but this has been really great, guys. I'm, I'm glad that we finally got the chance to actually sit down and, and have this conversation in yeah, person too it's been wonderful and we have to close in japanese as they would say in japanese honto ni arigato gozaimasu <laughs> arigato gozaimashita <laughs> arigato mr roboto <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Boca Podcast today. We let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple Podcast app. And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.